Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, welcome to Good Job, where we interview inspiring people from the music industry and find out what makes them them. That roar was from vocal coach and metal scream expert Melissa Cross. Melissa is one of the most prominent vocal coaches in the metal scene. She's worked with artists like Slipknot, The Disturbed, Arch Enemy, and helps them achieve those extreme vocals that we all know and love in a safe way. A voice is a voice, mm-hmm. and there's no classical training and you know pop training that's not it's just a voice and a mm-hmm. voice is a voice is a voice and these sounds that we make are different sounds but the voice doesn't change in this episode melissa chats to me about her journey from classically trained vocal coach to metal vocal coach shares some technical insights into fry screaming and talks about the truth behind the stereotypes of metal Rawr. Very excited to have you here. Yay! Yay! <laughs> First of all, for people who don't know, who are you and what do you do? My name is Melissa Cross and I'm a vocal instructor. I'm based in New York. I do teach everything, not classical. Although I'm classically trained, I'm, there's much better teachers <laughs> of that. But a few years ago, actually a couple of decades ago almost, I was given a challenge and it kind of landed in my lap. It's a long story, but a person I went to to school with was producing these underground bands. This is like in the mid 90s or maybe early 90s. And it was screaming. I mean, it wasn't singing, it was screaming. And he wanted me to get his client through a recording session without coughing blood. And I offered to help out and I had no Mm -hmm. idea what I was getting into until the guy came. And that student that came then happens to be one of the top metal singers now. So when that student came, a bunch of other students lined up because somehow I'd figured out a way with my training. And also I've always wanted to be Janis Joplin since I was 13. So I've been working on this sound my whole life. So I said, okay, instead of saying, oh, you just can't do that. You got to stop that. Because when I saw the first concert, it was so much like what music was for me in the 60s. I mean, I've always been a rock chick. Even though I'm classically trained, I'm a rock chick. Uh So this whole evolution of the metal thing was just an evolution of who I am. My Mm -hmm. life kind of goes with the backdrop of what rock is. Mm -hmm. And so I became, you know, through the last couple of decades, kind of like the go-to expert in distortion. Um, I started teaching voice in 1990. Mm -hmm. And my specialty then was to get the Broadway out of Broadway singers because Mm. 
that was a journey that I had made. I actually went to acting college in the UK. I went to the Old Vic Theatre School. And I had this epiphany where this guy was trying to get me to sound like, you know, something like Rent. And I was doing something that sounded like an art song. And I had that transformation when I was younger. And so I got really good at what what's involved, you know, technically in all that. Mm -hmm. And then I became like a, a voice geek. Yes. Somewhere in like the early 80s when I had an injury because I was in a punk mm -hmm. band the first time around, Beth, the <laughs> first time around I was in a punk band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was not like art songs. Um, and there was nobody teaching that sound. So I just threw everything out the window, uh -huh. everything out the window. And I got, you know, damaged. So my recovery from that damage in the 80s involved some speech therapy. The doctor mm -hmm. sent me to the speech therapist. You know, I had a little polyp, and I didn't have surgery. I didn't want surgery. I took six months of focal rest, which is not the wisdom now, but at the time, that's what it was. Mm -hmm. Six months. And I got this amazing speech person, and there was an experience of resonance during the speech training that reminded me of the resonance in classical training. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, I get it. It was through speaking that I realized that a voice is a voice mm -hmm. and there's no classical training and, you know, pop training. That's not, it's just a voice and a mm -hmm. voice is a voice is a voice. And these sounds that we make are different sounds, but the voice doesn't change. Mm -hmm. So I got really into like in the eighties when I couldn't sing, I started like this journey into voice science mm -hmm. and I've been in there ever since. So. That's the story. <laughs> Those, uh, you know, that that first student was Jesse Leach from Kill Switch Engage, and mm -hmm. and after that I got, you know, everybody. I mean, they because it was a it's a very tight knit community. The metal, mm -hmm. like you asked a question, you said what what is metal? Metal is a is an attitude. It's a it's an identity. It's really not just music. Mm -hmm. So you know how you can recognize a metal kid. You don't know what country they're from. You, you don't know if they're from Thailand or you're, you know, you're, they might mm -hmm. be from Korea, or, you know, whatever. But you know a metal kid from miles away. I, when I saw my first concert and I looked down on this sea of moshing people all mm -hmm. dressed the same with hand signals. And I was like, oh, my God, this is this is what it was like. I want to do this. Oh, shoot. I'm too old. Damn. And I kind of like wanted to be a part of it, but I knew that I would be such a poser if I did. So it turned out that I got that phone call like a couple of weeks later. And that's that's the history of the Zen of Screaming, which is that DVD that I put out in 2005. I put out a second one in 2007 and it talks about screaming. Uh, mm -hmm. The first DVD doesn't talk about screaming very much because in order to scream sustainably, you have to learn basics <laughs> do you think that if you have like basic singing training that anyone can learn to scream absolutely hi this is craig robinson from ways to win and support for this podcast comes from invesco qqq the official etf of the ncaa the future isn't scary not realizing its potential however could be 
Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Beth here. Hope you're enjoying listening to the interview with Melissa. I love doing these interviews, but we're experimenting with some new podcast content. We're taking some of the topics that I've been investigating on the channel and I'll be going through your comments and chatting with producer Tom or a special guest or both. The first episode will be released on Friday the 9th of April and we haven't decided on a name for this new format, so I would love to hear your suggestions. I will put a comment on the community tab in YouTube from the 9th of April where you can suggest some names once you've had a listen and we will run a poll on our favourite ideas that come up. Enjoy the rest of the interview. Going back to what defines metal, what do you think are the stereotypes of metal and do you think that they are accurate? Well, all stereotypes are stereotypes, right? Mm -hmm. So when you get more educated in something like, I'm sure that... My mother, rest in peace, she, uh, she would always think it sounds like screaming. Mm-hmm. And when I first heard it, I actually first heard it in the late 80s on an underground college radio thing. And I said, what is that? What the, what? What are they doing? And then I got more educated about what was bubbling under. But when I saw the massive, like, acceptance of it, well, metal stereotypically, for people who are, don't know about it, is satanic. It, it, to me, it, metal music is so diverse. There's all different kinds of metal. And there's even, mm-hmm. it used to be really tribal. Like, uh, in the early 2000s, you know, you had a death metal sound. You had a metalcore scream. You had, like, these tribal noises that kind of inferred what kind of metal you were if it was altered time signatures it was math metal if it was like arty or ambient it was like art metal you know they had math metal art metal post-punk hardcore blah, 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 blah. you know like all these little tribes it's not so much like that anymore mm-hmm. but it used to be like that so i developed labels of different kinds of screams mm-hmm. and they were based on the function of the voice, not necessarily on the sound. And I'm a big flag carrier for defining function instead of defining sounds. Okay. Because it's not about the sound. It, 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 it's such a, a horrible mess, voice science, because most of the research, the good research, the scientifically based research is in speech science. So I kind of had to migrate over to speech science eventually because there was so much conjecture and so much subjectively based um, assumptions that were being made on the basis of sounds. 
<laughs> that I realized we're just getting into a bigger mess. Even now, uh, you know, I, I coined these phrases, fry screaming, I coined in 2004. Mm -hmm. Right. And as because it was based on a kind of a vocal fry, which okay. is a aperiodic, not repeating frequency. It's just noise. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's done at the source, the true vocal faults. Right. Mm -hmm. But most of the people that were looking at this were looking at the um, the ventricular area, the um, the area above the vocal faults where the constriction would cause the noise and that one is not sustainable for everybody right. that particular function doesn't work for you know um sopranos and tenors okay. it's not sustainable they get beat up like if you're a baritone or even a even a lyric baritone get away with it but you know larger thicker voices can handle um that area epiglottic constriction thing mm -hmm. but most of the people that I teach, and I teach a lot of metal people, most of them have kind of settled into a combination of uh, fry screaming and like a hybrid screaming where there's very little constriction. Right. Because the constriction doesn't really, it doesn't really work out. It's just too much labor because you can get the same sound by creating this noise at the level of the, at the source, which is the true faults. But I have like four different, at this time, four different models. One is the fry screaming, which is like perturbing. It's like, yeah, it's not very loud. It doesn't need to be loud mm -hmm. because the microphone does the work. It picks up all those subharmonics. Mm -hmm. It makes a big flat noise. And it sounds brutal when it, it's less than conversational volume. Yeah. So I kind of like dropped a bomb on louder is better because yes. louder is is a perception loud is not an action loud is yes. a perception so we have you know like i'm back to this flag like we need to talk about function as opposed to sounds i actually mm -hmm. did this amazing uh, high speed video series uh -huh. where i actually saw that the true folds can do both fry and periodic oscillation at the same time Ooh. So the front of the folds actually are doing a, a frequency, right? And the back uh -huh. is doing like the, the farting thing. Uh -huh. You get like, this is pure fry. That's pure fry. But if I put, there's no constriction there. There's just part of my folds were doing like that. And then the rest was going, so you can do both. But anytime anyone goes, like does that lift of mm -hmm. the, and the constriction and the epiglottic region there, usually they're doing it with an emotional impetus that is really unhealthy. Mm -hmm. And eventually they get, they come to me for that because I'll, I'll undo it. <laughs> and is that why it's the Zen of screaming to disconnect to that emotional context? Exactly. Well, Actually, it's being, and this is for all vocalizing, no matter what the sound is, you have to be inside the moment. Mm -hmm. You cannot conceptualize or think because once you start to think, you're going to the wrong part of the brain that processes nothing to do with singing. Mm -hmm. And it makes you hold your breath and it doesn't sound good. So being in the moment with a sound is almost like cross-pollinating the senses in such a way that you can see the sound like whoa and me and you know like you have to go inside 
a present moment. You cannot want to sound like something and make it happen. You have yes. to be. So that's an imaging thing, and that's why it's called the Zen, because Zen means be here now. I'm not a Buddhist, but it's kind of that idea. I mean, you've already kind of covered this, but what is the metal community like as a whole? Most of them that I come into contact with are the nicest people I've ever met. I and the, the most integrity as persons. They really, I mean, always there's always a bad apple. You can't really stereotype anything, but... You know, the, the idea that these, you know, giant, like, tatted up, pierced up people walking down my hallway were going to eat me alive was very quickly dispelled because everyone was charming and well-mannered and articulate and passionate and just the people that I like to be with. These are my people. I love these people. <laughs> Whenever I see somebody that's got a piercing or something, I go, what are you listening to? <laughs> I'm like a zombie We're looking for another zombie, right? Big thanks to Melissa. If you are interested in extreme vocal techniques, I really suggest you check out her course, The Zen of Screaming. You can find that at melissacross.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on your podcast app of choice. It helps us share these interviews with new people. We love your feedback, so please do drop us an email at goodjobatbethroars.com. And if you'd like to get early access to new episodes and support the podcast, please do head over to patreon.com slash bethroars. Once again, massive thanks to Melissa and to Tom, my co-producer. And of course, to all you guys for listening. Bye! Good job! How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.